welcome to Just Bugs, an appreciation podcast for those oft-ousted creatures we humans call bugs, despite their official classifications. I'm your host, Savannah, and today I have my other host, who I just keep saying is here with me, Matt. I'm here again. Ah, wonderful. And hello. Thank you for being here. Of course. So today we're going to talk about silverfish. This is something that you requested, and I wanted to know why. Why silverfish? I mean, I just, I've seen them my whole life everywhere. They're always in the bathroom, in my sink, in my shower. I think it's just probably due to where we live, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't seem to be harmful from what I can tell. And uh, they got little tail things. I just want to know about them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think they're really cute. So um, I'm glad to do them. They're like tiny little... Long crickets. <laughs> Long crickets. Long crickets. Um, well, their scientific classification is Lepisma saturinum. I think that's actually it. I think that's it. Well, you got it the first try. I think that might nice actually job. be it. I know. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what is a silverfish? It is a small, primitive, wingless insect. So no wings, which is actually not that common for an insect. They usually have some kind of wing. Although not all of them, as you know, we know. As this one. As does this not. one, correct, yes. It, precisely. You don't need another example. That's so fair. <laughs> um so they're called silverfish due to their reflective silvery color and the way that they sort of move around. So when they're moving, they kind of look like they might be like swimming. They're not water creatures necessarily, but their motion is very fluid, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've seen plenty of them and they definitely had like almost a snake looking Yeah, almost a slither. Yeah, a lot of insects kind of like skitter and that's like Mm -hmm. a very specific movement, but this this feels more like- Or scuttle. They use our scuttle. (laughs) It reminds me of a whole other podcast, but thank you. Um, Yeah. Sort of a slither or like a like a swim type motion. And they move pretty fast, but it's not... Sometimes when bugs move, it can be a little creepy, and this is not that. And that mm. feels good. Yeah, one of the only bugs that have been around me consistently that doesn't uh, invoke any unease. That's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that there's something out there that can do that for you. <laughs> so as I mentioned, they're, they're pretty small. They're not like might minuscule or anything like that they they are 13 to 25 millimeters which is about an inch and or like a half inch to an inch yeah like uh i'd say like as long as my like nail Mm -hmm. on my thumb or something that's about right yeah i I have short nails but still yes still though yeah that's that's a good comparison i'd say and that's them as adults i'll get into it in a bit but yeah as juveniles they are a little bit smaller um, so like I said, they're kind of like long crickets. They actually have sort of an elongated teardrop type of shape. It comes like to a taper, mm-hmm. the tail. Um, they are a silvery, light grayish type color. And they have like a very pale yellow antenna, something called a cerci, which is an appendage at the back of the abdomen. It's kind of like a, like spikes almost. Yeah, that's what I was most curious about really is like, what are those and what are their function but i'm sure you'll get there oh i wish i had gotten <laughs> into that more i think um, it's so unique yeah they're they there. got butt antenna <laughs> they do yeah oh, man i wish i had really gotten into it i looked up what it was but i didn't look up 
the purpose necessarily. That's We're okay. just going to call them button to that. And I like if it. I find out anything more about them, I will give you guys more information. They're, so you know where to put your butt. Maybe, you, you know. You'd be like, oh, my butt would be good over here. There's nothing over here. <laughs> it could just be like um like a defense mechanism. Maybe it's supposed to mimic some sort of stinger or something to scare off a predator, but but yeah, them so the, the antenna the Cersei and the legs are all that very pale yellow color. They do have two eyes and they're compound eyes and they're very small. And Oh, I also did see that other species of silverfish, which are not allowed to be called silverfish by the scientists, but they're of like this a similar species type. They don't have eyes sometimes. So it's actually kind of cool that these guys have eyes. So there's blind versions? Mm-hmm. Maybe blind that's why they need versions. butt antennas. That is such a good point. You know, because sometimes they don't have eyes. <laughs> that's it. That's got to be it. It's that I'm sticking to it for now. <laughs> They have butt antennas because eyes is not there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I usually do like an anatomical defense. They have more like anatomical advantages. So they have like appendage regeneration. So if they lose a limb or one of their Cersei, they can regrow it. Uh, and it takes about two to four weeks. How long do they live? Three years. Really? Mm -hmm. So that's much longer than a lot of our specimens. Yeah, so they actually have a pretty long life cycle. It's pretty interesting to learn that because I see them often, but you know, I never really thought, you never really think about how long a bug lives or there was always this idea as a child that all bugs died in like a day. And that was so upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I felt the same way. Someone told me like flies live like a day and I just kind of yeah. ran with it. You know, I will be covering flies at some point. They are, um, not my favorite, I'll say that, but I am very curious to know if they do have these tiny lifespans. Yeah, I'm curious as well. That seems uh, beautiful and short, I guess, at mm. the same time. But maybe they perceive time differently. So poetic. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see. That's a bug for a different day, though, I suppose. Um, one other anatomical advantage slash defense mechanism is they're very quick and very agile. So that can help them to evade predators. Um, you know, it also helps them to get around faster, enjoy their little tiny lives. Yeah, it seems like maybe their antenna are so long because maybe they move so fast. They do have extra long antenna. That is a good point. And those, those are... To my knowledge, entirely just to feel their surroundings. I mean, they yeah. have eyes, but not all of the silverfish species do. Um, in addition, I think like a lot of insects have that, just to get spatial recognition, mm -hmm. like where they're at, what kind of distance they've traveled, that sort of thing. Imagine if cat had butt antennas. Huh. <laughs> if a cat had butt antennas, like in addition to its tail? Yeah. Just two little spikes. Well, just like this guy. This guy's got like one in the middle and then two he on does. the side. Yeah, they're pretty cute. You picked a cute one. I like these ones. I told you. No unease. Yeah. Just <laughs> only cuteness. I love it. <laughs> so they are nocturnal. Um, I can't think of a time I've seen them out in the daytime, but in general, they are a nocturnal species. Um, they live... They're like a cosmopolitan species, which just means that they live pretty much everywhere. Um, 
So essentially, that was a kind of dessert. It is also a beverage. You're thinking oh, Neapolitan, beverage. but oh. a cosmopolitan is like a alcoholic beverage that I've never had and never will have. But that's what you were thinking. That doesn't seem fair. Why would they name them so similarly? Just to make me I confused. Don't I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe Cosmopolitan's the beverage were named after cosmetology or cosmopolitan species and that everybody likes them or something. Who knows? Seems doubtful, but I'll run with it. <laughs> I think it's like a fancy place or something also. Something about fanciness. It evokes an image of classy people in I my see. brain. Yes, it does. But anyways, that just means that they're found almost everywhere. These guys, I think the exception is like Antarctica, basically. But oh yeah, because that's crazy. Because there's so many different bugs in Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> there might be. You don't know. You've never been there. Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> some weird ice bug. Some ice variant. Well, these are not ice bugs, and they actually require humidity of seventy-five to ninety-five percent. So that's pretty high. Is, could that be why they're always in my bathroom? That is precisely why, yeah. Uh, so they're rarely found in attics, basements, bathrooms, sinks, bathrooms, etc. I see. Yeah, because they they need a, an environment that is pretty um, evil M-word. I'm fine with it, but let's not go there for the... For Monkey? The, yeah. <laughs> you know, a very humid environment. Um, yeah, so that's why you'll find them in your bathroom, for sure. Um People will also sometimes find them in books, um, but that's in books more... like like pictures of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not like pictures of them. <laughs> Although I mean, depending sometimes on the they're book, in books. yeah, sometimes <laughs> fairy no, tales. No, no, it's because of what they eat. So they eat carbs and starches. They're actually able to consume starches due to cellulase in their gut. Uh, which just helps them to digest cellulose. Okay. Which is like, um, it's a bunch of branching sugars that are contained in plant species. Uh, that's something that we are not able to fully digest as humans. So we can we can have starches, like in potatoes and stuff like that. But when it's in this cellulose form that's found in a lot of plants, we personally cannot digest it. That's like if you eat a piece of grass, it's yeah. just going to come out the same way. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, the opposite end, but the same way. Correct. I mean, let's not get into that. <laughs> um, so they will consume a lot of things that contain cellulose, such as adhesives, like you Yummy find... glue, just like a child. Exactly. They've got very kindergartner um, energy. But yeah, they'll eat a lot of uh, book, it, book bindings, glue, paints, photos, paper... Uh, just sugar in its Yum. purest form. They'll also eat your clothes, your carpet, coffee, and some pretty gross stuff like dandruff and hair. Coffee definitely doesn't fit in with those other things. No, but they do <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, they will uh, ruin wallpaper uh, because they're eating up that glue. That's okay. It's ugly. You know, Let them ruin it. Sometimes it's not that bad. Um, or tapestries. So if you're like a big hippie with wallpaper on oh, your Oh, my tapestry. Should <laughs> I be worried about my mini tapestry? <laughs> tapestry. <laughs> yes, you should be so worried. Oh, they're so beautiful though. Now I'm worried. I need to like encase them in plastic. <laughs> um, yeah, you should be worried for sure. <laughs> um, they might also eat dead insects, silk, cotton, linen, food crummies. 
Um, or even their own molted exoskeletons, which is pretty gross, but... Just, like, their old skin. You know, it's convenient. It's there already. I'd look at all this free food. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting, but, you know, like, hey, good I like for them. It. They're, like, uh... Very resourceful. They're just, like, a garbage disposal. A little they're bit. They're just kind of taking anything. Yeah, they're, like, the garbage disposal of insects. Yeah. I like it. They're... Obviously, they're not picky. Yeah. Like, at all. Um, and in famine situations, they will also eat leather and synthetic fibers, you know, plastic. So... Ooh, that's probably bad. That's not great for them. But they will... They'll just eat whatever. Whatever they can get their hands on. Or like whatever they can get inside feet, their mouth, basically. basically. Yeah, I mean, essentially. It, it depends on the situation. They're only going to eat those last two if they're starving. But... Could they eat their own limbs since they grow back? Yes, they could. Does that mean infinite food? It does. I don't think that they would do that, but they certainly could do that. <laughs> Probably painful, though. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> if you're hungry. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing about that, I mean, in a starvation situation, they can actually survive a whole year without food as long as they have water. A whole year? A, whole a third of their year. life? One third of their life. As that seems like a lot. I agree. I was very shocked by that, honestly. Pretty impressive, considering we can last like three days or something like that. Much longer with no oh, food. Oh, with water. You're right. You're right. We can only survive three days without water, but without food, I don't even know. Over a month. Still, that's not that long compared to a year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> compared to a third of your life. Correct. That's even, yeah, that's a much bigger statement. <laughs> So let's talk about reproduction. I actually, I know that people don't necessarily love to hear about the, you know, the, the Are you getting letters? Oh, that's fair. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just assuming. <laughs> but this one is so cute. They have like the cutest mating ritual. It's very elaborate. It's three phases and it lasts like more than 30 minutes. Just like the whole ritual part. So the first stage, the male and the female face each other. And they wiggle their antenna together. Their butt ones or their head ones? Their head ones. <laughs> um, and then they back up and then they come back forward. And then they keep doing that over and over again. They just back up and then they scooch back into position repeatedly. Isn't that adorable? Just for that stage one. Cute. That is so cute. They're like, I look at it. me. We're gonna do stuff soon. Like, but dance. first we need to dance. <laughs> exactly it's like a pre pre-mating dance i love it it's so cute <laughs> and then after that it gets even cuter because stage two the male runs away and the female chases him you're never gonna catch me it's just so like cute. running away i That's love funny. it so much they play tag after they play tag after they dance yeah it's so cute and then stage three they'll stand side by side but head to tail so like the face or the head is near the tail of the other one, basically. Mm. And then the male will, like, wiggle his butt antenna, his Cersei, against the female's head. Like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so cute. What is that for? I don't know, but that's what he's doing. <laughs> um, and then some gross stuff happens. <laughs> I will be pretty vague about it. So, well, a little vague about it. So the male will drop... A, a silk-covered spermatophore, and then the female picks it up and uses it to fertilize her eggs. There's more details, but we can leave it there. That's fine. He's like, <laughs> here, I left you something. It's very sticky. Enjoy. Yeah. 
basically. <laughs> you need this for stuff. And then she picks it up and then she uses it to fertilize her eggs. So the females can lay uh, no more than 60 eggs at a time. And they will do so in like cracks and crevices for protection mm. of the eggs. Um, they are oval shapes and like an opaque whitish color. And they are 0.8 millimeters approximately. Sounds very small. It is. And I actually looked back to our clover mites episode and that is about the size of a large clover mite. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. It's a nice little reboot to the old one. Um, they will hatch between two and eight weeks, which is a pretty big like window. Yeah, it is. Two weeks to two months. It's pretty big, but that's what I said. Maybe based on environment or something. That's probably fair. I think that's that's a big thing for pretty much everything I've read on not necessarily reproduction, but about like life stages and stuff like mm -hmm. that. A lot of these species have to have like the right conditions in order to get into the next stage of life. Um, one other little interesting fact about that is the females will only lay like a total of a hundred or less eggs in their lifetime. So they live up to three years. They can have 60 at a time, but they can't go over a hundred. Sounds like they can only have 60 once. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's interesting though. I mean, I don't know if they reproduce every year or if it's like once or twice in a lifetime. Who knows? I don't really know. They just have only so many eggs. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that they, they have like... A nice solid number too. I mean, better is. than like 87. No, I agree. I mean, that is the the ceiling, but still, yeah. that's nice. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> so after they, ha they hatch, what happens? So they turn into nymphs and the nymphs are like a whitish color and they look pretty much identical to the adults, only smaller, sort of like the praying mantises did. Yeah, just like baby uncolored versions after our praying mantis episode my mother sent me a video of these tiny little praying mantises on someone's finger and i just about died they're like the, it's like the cutest thing i've ever seen tiny itty bitty praying mantises i can't it's so cute baby aliens they're so cute <laughs> so cute and so vicious Ugh. anyways back to silverfish um, so with every single mold that they do they will get a little bit grayer and a little bit shinier so they'll get that like silver coloration mm -hmm. as they get older. Um, the They will become adults in about three months. And then the maturity can sometimes take three years. So the full lifespan. To continue so, growing the whole time. Yeah. Basically. So it can either be like within three months, they're an adult and they're done. Or it can go all the way to the end of their life. And then they reach full maturity. That's crazy. It's like, I'm finally adult, and then they just die. Yeah, right? That's crazy. Yeah, but another fascinating part about this is that they can have between 17 and 66 molts. That's insane. That's much more than any of the insects we've talked about so far, but most insects, honestly. Yeah, it seems a little excessive, but I guess if they're hungry, keep molting. Hey, just keep getting bigger. <laughs> I just thought that was fascinating, because usually when we're talking about, I think the one that we've talked about that had the most was the praying mantis and that was only like eight you know what it's probably because like based on how much food they have if they have like an abundance they probably are shedding non-stop because they're mm -hmm. turning into chubby boys that's so fair and if they don't eat for a year probably not molting very much that's such a good point and they eat so many things yeah so. everything so if they, yeah if they were born in a 
a book or God forbid my tapestry <laughs> have so much food. That is such a good point. <laughs> what would I do without you here? Talk about your tapestries. I don't know, talking to the void. <laughs> it would be so boring. I'm so thankful for you. Thank oh, you for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so they can have up to 30 molts in a year. Um, and then another rare thing about them is that after they reach adulthood, they can continue to molt. So a lot of things stop molting after they've reached maturity. But these guys will just keep going. The more they eat, the bigger they get, the more they molt. Yeah, that's cool. I like it's that. fascinating. I just think it's so cool. You picked a cool one this time. <laughs> yeah, who would have known the little guy in my sink that inspired me was just uh, so fascinating. I thought that, he was just a little guy. That is why I love this podcast. That is why I love insects. That's why I think that they're so fascinating. It's just because they are so different, not only from us, but so different from one another. There's so many little evolutionary... I don't know. Variants? What did you say? Variants? Yeah, I guess variants. Just like they have so many cool little twerks. Quirks. Quirks. It's not twerks. twerks. They're not just they sitting there twerks. twerking. <laughs> yeah, uh, They're very quirky. I really like it. And sadly, they all have spermatophore, which makes me sad every time. <laughs> not all of them. Because oh, anything... Foreshadowing? Anything, no. <laughs> anything that goes through... Um, Parthenogenesis or whatever, anything that clones itself is not going to have a spermatophore. Oh, yeah, like the clover mites. Like the clover mites. So they probably don't. Oh, that's good. At least I didn't hear that word once. Good for you. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Um, So they're a pretty solitary species. You may have a situation where they will um, infest your home, but they're not going to hang out in groups. It's going to be like multiple individuals found your house and found all the good stuff in it. Yeah, I found multiple, but it was never with like within a certain radius of another one. It right. was always like 10 feet apart minimum. So, yeah. Like, they're never they're, like chilling together. Yeah, I think the really only the only time that they chill together is if they're doing that adorable mating ritual. Hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So they're a super common species. Um they're everywhere, like we mentioned, and they're not very rare anywhere. So definitely not endangered, so that's cool. Um, are they dangerous? Well, not really. So they're a pretty obvious pest for the reasons that, I mean, we, I guess we didn't really talk about the fact that they're a pest, but we did talk about all the things that they eat. Mm. And people can be pretty protective of, of a lot of those things. Yeah, and you can assume just be like, you know, out of all the things you said, like they're ruining your books and your coffee or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, your coffee. Coffee's important. Yeah, your clothes. Only second to, to tapestries. To, oh, that's such a good point. <laughs> some people, okay, some people have tapestries and they <laughs> cherish them dearly. So we shouldn't be making so much fun of tapestries. It's okay. They can be very beautiful, you know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but they don't transmit any diseases. They're not going to bite you and they can't sting you. So... As far as danger is concerned, they're not dangerous. They they can be an annoyance, though, for sure. Yeah, they they're just good little sink guys. Cute little sink guys. Um, so what eats them? Earwigs? Spiders? What's an earwig? I guess we can figure out later. I will tell you all about earwigs on a later date. You've probably seen them quite a bit. They're those, like, long, black... I don't think they're insects because I think they have too many legs. Wait, does the back have a pincher on they its got butt? A little, a little pinchy butt. Yeah, I see both of these guys in my house sometimes. Apparently, your earwigs will eat these. Oh, 
Oh no! I know. Well, the earwigs look way more evil than these. The, for sure, like so much more evil. Oh yeah, they're definitely the villain of the story. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the other thing that will eat them is centipedes. So a bunch of scary also evil stuff. spiders, yeah. earwigs, centipedes, yeah. all the like villainous mm-hmm. characters. <laughs> Um, I did want to talk about environmental impact. It's a little bit less obvious for something like this because they're not pollinators. Um, people don't typically think of them as like especially good for the environment, but they're not bad for the environment either. And they're actually um, like important decomposers in the environment because in an ecosystem, things have to break down also. And that's a very important port- part of an ecosystem. So it keeps those types of relationships very balanced. Yeah, they should live in like a dump or something and just eat all the stuff. There's so many things there. I'm sure that there are lots and lots and lots of them at the dump. That's a good place. Yeah. Maybe I agree. we shouldn't let what them a wonderful out there. place for a bug to live. I never really thought about that. Dump before. good place. Great place for a bug. I'm yeah. sure they can't smell anything too hard either. It probably just all smells like just all food. a delicious buffet. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> I feel so happy for all the bugs that live in dumps now. <laughs> um, so Extermination. It's something that we got to talk about anytime we talk about a pest species, because that's what people care about. Um, There has been some research conducted on like a repellent slash insecticide for these guys. That's like safe um, for us, not necessarily for them. Uh, The research that I saw, or I didn't really see the actual research, but I read about the fact that it exists. Mm Um, basically they're taking Japanese cedar essential oils and they Ooh, I bet are, that smells great. I bet it does. And they put it on like a little filter paper and they, they've found that at least in the study that they did, that it'll repel like 80% of silverfish. But, um, after 10 hours of exposure, it will kill a hundred percent of them. So like them touching it exposure or like just being in the radius? I think just being in the radius. So Ooh. I think if... It's like they're kryptonite. Yeah, basically. I think basically if if they become trapped in an area that has it, they can't escape. They are going to die. But I don't know. I don't know the exact details of the study. So I can't say um, whether or not any exposure was going to kill them in the long run. All I know is that if they're kept in a space with it, they're going to die, which I don't love, obviously. But I think there's a lot of promise if it's something that can be, like, exposure makes them leave and then they actually leave. That would be great. Well, hey, I mean, if you have, like, a lot of, like, gerbils or hamsters, I'm sure that would (laughs) keep you from having silverfish. Maybe. Because I always got them cedar flakes, right? Yeah, I don't know if it has to be this very specific cedar or if it has to literally be the essential oil who's to know Hmm. but i will do some experiments oh good (laughs) no i'm just kidding it'll kill them it's bad yeah i don't want to do that um essential oils are one of those things that like i really liked my whole life and then i'm learning more and more like how potentially super unessential (laughs) yes um they they just they're really bad for your pets unless you know what you're doing because a lot of the ones that are fine for cats are dangerous for dogs and vice versa um and some are dangerous for both and then obviously they can be dangerous for bugs now i see um this has been an informative tangent by i am so sorry (laughs) no it's good i really like it oh good but yeah essential oils you know (laughs) 
Um, I did get into some like little cool facts. This one is awesome, actually. So I mentioned at the beginning that it's sort of a primitive species. They have ancestors or like predecessors, I guess would be a better term for an insect. Um, but their predecessors are like the, one of the most primitive forms known. Their evolution occurred like mid Devonian period, which is part of the Paleozoic, Paleozoic era. And that was a period that was like 60.3 million years long. And it started after, after the Cerulean period, which was 419.2 million years ago. I don't really know what to do with those numbers. Okay. So for <laughs> do, what, approximately Did they live with us or did they live with like dinosaurs or did they live with like whatever came before or after? Definitely not us. But yeah. so basically what, what that's saying is sometime after... 419 million years ago their ancestors evolved and became their ancestors basically do they have giant versions because that would be cool i feel like you could ride these guys for sure probably most insects had very large like predecessors although it wouldn't have been like rideable probably <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like the size of like a toaster I mean, that is terrifying, but thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're cute, though. Like, you said no no fears from these guys, right? Oh, <laughs> but I don't know about bugs that are, like, bigger than my hand. I, yeah. That seems, like, a little too far. Yeah, yeah. I wish I knew more about history, because I could tell you more about, like, what area era the Paleozoic is Maybe in. we can do prehistoric bugs one day. I That'd would be cool. love that. You yeah. guys let us know if that's something that you would want to hear about, because I'm Who pretty wouldn't? sure you do. I certainly want to talk about it. So maybe that's something we can do, like a whole episode of Bugs That Used To Be Giant. I think that'd be so cool. That does sound fun. I'm down for that. We definitely have to do that. All right. So I think that that is all that I have to tell you about the silverfish. Do you have any questions? No, not really. I think we got everything that I was wondering about. Um, I was going to see if you had any personal stories, but I mean, they kind of just exist among yeah, they're us. they're just cute and they're there. They're just there. Yeah. yeah they're just like I was showering the, the the idea for this episode. I was, you know, doing a nice scrubs of my 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 meat vessel. and uh, <laughs> Your meat vessel. <laughs> and uh, there was just one like on the, the curtain of the shower. And I was just like, oh, what's up, man? And that was it. He was on the curtain? Yeah. Cute. Just enjoying the Just the chilling. the warm uh, wet environment. Warm wet environment humidity. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. <laughs> it's okay. We got there. Oh, that's adorable. I love that. Send us home. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> Unless you have more to add. I was gonna look up what the actual purpose of a Cersei was, but it took too long. So I'll just have to tell you guys in a, in a different episode if those little butt antenna have any purpose. other We'll than just do a future Savannah. I'll stick it right here. Hi, everyone. It's future Savannah. I looked it up and Cersei are the pair of appendages, which these guys actually have two Cersei and one terminal filament, which is just decorative in the center. But the two Cersei um, typically have multiple functions in insects. They can be sensory, defensive, or reproductive organs. My best guess for these ones is more of a sensory organ. Um, I know it's not reproductive just because of the research that I did do, 
And defensive-wise, it could go back to what I was saying at the beginning of the episode, where it could just be to scare off predators, but most likely it's for a sensory function just to move around in their environment. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. All right, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, let's see here, what do we have to plug? We can talk about the TikTok, although I haven't really posted on there in a while. I'll be better about that. Um, there's always the Instagram. That's just, Bo just Bugs Podcast on both of those. We do have our email, which is justbugspodcast at gmail.com. Please send in your requests or any comments or anything like that that you have. Anything that you want to ask, go ahead. Personal stories. Oh, please, with the personal stories. I want them. I yeah. need them. Tell me about your bug experiences. Pretty, pretty, please. <laughs> also, you can rate uh, the podcast. That would be really nice. Yeah. Or tell your friends. I would love that. Um, yeah, you know, I think that that's most of it for now. There are some other things that are kind of like in the works as ideas, but nothing solid yet. So we'll get into that some other time. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, you know, don't go look at bugs and don't squish them or whatever. Yeah, go enjoy bugs safely. Yes, safely with the <laughs> bugs and enjoying. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. See ya.